everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Fortifying the game of poker, the Global <laughs> Poker League is underway. Finally got started, huh? Yeah, got started yesterday here as we tape the show here on a Wednesday, uh, Tuesday. April 5th was uh, the first day of the Global Poker League. And uh, it started with some online matches, uh, six, six max matches. Uh, six players, uh, one from each team uh, in each conference. Uh, they had four games yesterday, uh, four, four sit-and-goes. Two in the Eurasian Conference and two in the Americas Conference. And uh, we'll go over some of the results from the first day. You know what, Dave? I, I, I know we discussed this a little bit off air before we got on, but I wanted to ask you. Was it, and each sitting goal that they had, was it six different players? Yes. You know, a, a different player? Well, a, one a, from each team. One from each yeah, team. Yeah, it was I up know. to the captain to choose who was going to uh, represent them. And I think in, in almost every but case, it was the same player played both matches that That's day. what I meant to ask. Yes. I wondered if, if each team selected two different people that played one in one single and one in the other. Uh, I don't think that happened. I, I have to believe that. Uh, I'll look it up exactly as we go along here. But um, I think uh, basically if a captain selected the players, he had him play both matches. He had him play both matches. Okay. Now, I was on Twitch. I got a chance to check in uh, and watch a little bit of it. Uh, uh, The first thing I'll say, and and we're going to go over all the the schedule and the format and things like that, because we didn't have any of that information just a week ago. Uh, But as I went on Thursday to to write my story for Annie Magazine, I wanted to kind of get the South Florida angle, and we have two players uh, in there, and may have more as as they add a few wild cards. But uh, obviously, Jason Mercier and uh, Chance Corneth, are uh, representing, well, they're both in the league, let's put it that way. They're both from South Florida. Uh, Chance originally from Colorado, but uh, lived in Vegas for many years, and, and a couple years ago moved down here to South Florida. His uh, girlfriend is uh, actually a uh, poker dealer over at the Seminole Hard Rock, so uh, he's enjoyed living here for the last few years, and and I got to know him in the la- over the last six months a little bit. And he's been on a real heater, so uh, certainly he is uh, doing very well, no question about it. He plays for the L.A. Sunset. And Jason, of course, uh, was drafted in the number three spot by the New York Rounders. So they're on opposite coasts here, even though yes. they're from South Florida. I like yes, that. Yes, and since I wrote the story about them, got comments from each. Uh, I, I mentioned in the story that the first time we may see them go head-to-head is week four of the season, which is April 28th. And uh, the Rounders play the Sunset in Week Four, so uh, I kind of want to run down the schedule a little bit and and tell you what's happened so far. Um, I'm a little disappointed, and I mentioned it to both these guys that all this information didn't come out earlier. Now we had the draft about five weeks ago, right? So seems to me there was plenty of time for them to mention the schedule. Uh, now. Obviously, it's a lot of work, and they were putting things together. So maybe they didn't have it all complete, and maybe they wanted to make a bunch of changes and and that sort of thing. But I think you kind of know the format going in. You've obviously worked on that. Why start a league without knowing even what the competition is going to look like? Especially when they got such good press and got people so excited exactly. with the draft. And that know? was my big disappointment, I, that I think, they, they I, lost momentum. I think they could have snowballed it into, like, yeah. hey, starting next week, we start with our tournaments. 
this is the you know this is the format. I would have had the format actually set up in advance of the draft. Had that draft, which I you know listen, I wasn't that excited. I wasn't sure, but then you know the, the way they set up the teams, the way they drafted the the players that they drafted on these teams got me excited right. to you know to to you know see this succeed. And like you said, five weeks and absolutely no information up until, I guess, right before the start well, of the Well, as, as we started yesterday, there were still, I think, three teams that hadn't named their wild cards yet, which is kind of, you know, not that makes a huge difference if you weren't going to use them anyway in the first couple of weeks or something like that. Maybe they wanted to look around and find out what the response to the league was and that sort of thing, and maybe uh, some people didn't want to make their commitments. Uh, talking with Jason and uh, Chance, they're both all in on this thing. They're really excited about playing. Uh, but they, too, were a little bit uh, taken aback by the fact that uh, people were asking them a lot of questions. They were doing interviews, and they didn't have a lot of the information themselves, which is kind of embarrassing sometimes. It really is. You know, you're you're supposed to be a representative of this league and of a certain team, and, you know, People like yourself, who you know, who are professional journalists writing for magazines, are asking them legitimate questions, and not to have an answer, you know, right, that had exactly. to be embarrassing. Did they, did they respond to you on that part of it? Yeah, that, uh, that they were a little embarrassed. They, 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 they were well. They kind of understood. I think, uh, you know, it's something that poker players do: is they expect to walk into a tournament and expect everything to be ready, and and in the you know, not necessarily the red carpet laid out for them, but they want expect everything to be working smoothly and, and rolling well. And for the most part, the poker world does a great job of that. But they don't realize how much goes into putting these things together, from everything down to hanging the curtains on the on the ballroom uh, walls, you know, to make the place look beautiful. Right on a brick and mortar place, obviously, I know what it all the, all. All that in, that 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 entails into putting a tournament together and trying to do something on, on a grand scale. I mean, you're making hundreds of decisions on what the background's going to look like for cameramen that are in there shooting pictures and, and film. But you know, or remember video actually. They they came out with some sort of rules in the state of that the players that agreed to be drafted, you know, agreed to sign a two year contract, Correct. if I remember correctly, Correct. and you know that they had to commit to this thing. And again, based on Based on those negotiations and that they had already thought that out in advance, you know, you you would have assumed that they would have had the format already set. I mean, um, forgive me because I did not read up on it, but I I just assume since it's a team format that everybody would be playing, even though, like you said, it's a six-man table, yeah. so it's only one from each team, which is fine. But if they have a second tournament, is each team going to have a different well, representative there? The, I mean, that's that's the, how the poker funny, becomes funny interesting thing on is, a team level. The funny thing is, you know, depending on what the captain decides, you may not play a match until May, which to me kind of takes away a little bit from that excitement. The, the reason yeah. you got excited about these teams is, yeah, it's a lot of great players, and obviously in a team sport, you know, as you well, said at the beginning of the, of the, of the telecast here, sportifying the, the, the game means everybody plays. Well, I think eventually they'll do something like that. You know, you got 72 players, uh, or even if they haven't been named yet, uh, there's going to be six per team, 12 teams. Uh, it would be nice uh, maybe in Vegas when, this summer when uh, a lot of people are in town uh, and they do the live portion of the event to put together a 
big multi-table tournament with 72, all 72 players playing and getting points uh, depending on how far you advance, that sort of thing. Uh, that's not the way they're starting it, but, and there's going to be a lot of changes as they go along, I'm quite sure. I, yeah, listen, I was just speaking out loud here, but, you know, I'm thinking that, hey, if everybody plays, if, if, are they scheduling this every week then? Yes. Is that how it is? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you set up your tournament to the point where everybody's playing, you know, just human nature is certain players are going to play better than others, and then by the time you, you kind of build up a little bit of uh, momentum leading to that big tournament, you know, where they're playing, you know, where all the players are playing in Vegas in the summer, and, you know, hey, the so-and-so stay hot. I mean, you know, listen, you make it into a sport things. We always talk about, you know, in baseball, who's hitting the ball hot, right. which pitcher is, is, you know, shutting everybody down, who's looking to be the Cy Young Award winner. I think they're missing the, the you know, they're missing yeah. their opportunity to, to to build up that type of momentum within the game of poker. Yeah, I guess so. And uh, who knows what goes into deciding who's going to play for you in which match and that sort of thing. Uh, pretty interesting, though. Uh, let's kind of tell you what we know, and we'll give you a little bit of a recap in case you uh, haven't looked into it very much. Of course, we know at the draft that there were there were four players selected by each of the managers. We'll run those down for you. We'll give you the wild cards. Then we'll get into the uh, the schedule and the structure. I want to spend some time in this. And, and, and I don't want to be super critical either uh, of the things that I don't like because you got to bend over backwards and give them every opportunity to let this thing succeed. And it's going to be, uh, you know, a trial and error process. There's no question that it always is going into these types of things. And, uh, you know, there's going to be uh, technical problems with their uh, online platform, which seems to be pretty good so far. I watched some of it on Twitch, and it's the, the software seems to be pretty good. You asked me before the show, uh, is it tied in with Poker Stars or Party Poker or anybody? No, it's not. It's, uh, it's actually something they had developed by a software company that uh, put this together uh, with their own needs in mind. Uh, but you, uh, and a lot of people, I, I think this this says it all. A lot of people were attacking the online games, thinking that they were going to tune in on Twitch and see six players sitting at the table. You know, that's just a lack of of uh, preparation and knowledge ahead of time of what was going to happen. And it's not tremendously exciting to watch online matches. Let's 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 be honest. No, and listen, I know this is not what they're doing, and you know this is. But when you say that people are disappointed that they didn't see faces there. You know, you're saying one person is playing, but it's online. Do we really know that that one person is playing? Right. You know, the, well, they should yeah, have, that's a they, whole other story. Yeah, well, well yeah. actually, uh, that's not that Do wasn't have true, that wasn't true today. On the when I watched the head-to-head matches, they had the guys on Skype with their fo- that's with their what pictures. I'm you could they, see they them reacting to right, reacting to the to the plays exactly. Okay, and so then, that was that was different from yesterday. Where they did not have all six players on Skype, it was just their uh, the team logo and their name. I'm and, sure that the comments. That sort of I'm thing. sure the comments. Someone didn't think about that. That someone saying, well, you know, how do I know it's Jason playing, or how do I know it's so and so playing? You know, that you're th- claiming that that's who's playing in, in that spot when none of us can see if he's playing at a computer. I or think not. It, I think it would almost be more interesting to hear what the players are saying as opposed to the announcers talking over the whole thing. There's two announcers, they're, you know, hearing their and thought two, process uh, as they're playing. Studio the announcers that handle the pre and post game stuff. Uh, uh, get into all the names and stuff a little bit later on, but uh, you know, there's it's a British guy doing the play by play, and an uh, American guy doing the uh, 
the color commentary, basically. And, uh, you know, I wasn't truly impressed. Uh, <laughs> there's been better people. Uh, but, you know, it's again, they're just starting out and they're trying to do a good job. And, and uh, I'm sure we'll get to know them and love them as we move along. And, and like you said, this is a little bit of a trial and error period for them. And obviously, I'm, I'm giving I'm giving unsolicited advice here, but as to what I would find very interesting. Is there any other kind? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> at least for me, no. But uh, let me tell you, it, it, just ideas, and I'm sure they're getting feedback from you know thousands of players that are saying what they would like to see, and and so on and so forth. So, as you said, everybody's got to give them a chance to work out whatever little bugs and whatever tweaking they've got to do to make this product that much more interesting and, and, and that much better for everybody to, to eventually start tuning in and, and enjoying the, the, the process of this. Well, it's going to be every week. Let me, let's kind of run down the schedule, give you an idea of what to look for when you can check it out. Uh, for instance, yesterday, they started the very first match at 12 noon Eastern time, uh, a six-player uh, six sit-and-go uh, with one player each from the Eurasian teams. Uh, they followed that up with a second match. As I mentioned, most of the players were the repeated. and uh, So they had the two matches there. Then about 3.30 started the two Americas matches uh, that were played right after that. Okay, now they will play every day, uh, Tuesday through Thursday. Uh, Tuesday will be the day for uh, the six max matches. And then the next two days will be the heads-up play. Wednesday will be, at least this week, Wednesday is the uh, basically the European teams, uh, the Eurasian teams in their head-to-head matches. So today uh, no American teams are playing. They're playing tomorrow. tomorrow. So, okay, so that's and, and the head-to-head matches uh, is, you know, obviously the selected player from each team going head-to-head. Three matches. Against the same opponent. Against the three. <coughs> right. And then the, we get three points for the winner, zero for the loser. So... You either have a nine nothing shutout or you have six to three either way for points okay, that the teams can saying. earn. All right. In the six max matches, uh, that runs down uh, seven points for first, five for second, three for third, two for fourth, one for fifth, and zero for sixth. And they'll be the two matches. They'll be on the Tuesday of each week. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, so. Uh, there were a couple of teams. There was actually three teams that earned ten points. Uh, they had a winner and a third, and uh, that kind of breakdown. Uh, so basically, we'll give you the results in a little bit of the team standings, how they stand after the first day. But uh, here's what the schedule kind of looks like. There'll be eight weeks of play now until the start of the World Series of Poker in Las okay. Vegas. So they don't want to. They don't want to step on the toes of the World Series. They want this to be something special outside of that, that people won't have their other commitments, uh, you know, stepped on. And I basically talked with Jason and Chance about that, and they didn't feel there was going to be a huge problem of conflicts there. Uh, then during the summer, they will have a uh, – that will last until uh, uh, the first part of the schedule, which is uh, basically the uh, late part of May. Okay. Then they'll have a what they're calling a summer series, which is live matches out in Las Vegas. They have a studio out in, in Las Vegas, and they will have those matches, which will fall um, June 8th, no, June beginning of June through the 8th of July. And those will be mostly all heads-up battles filmed in their studio in Las Vegas. That will coincide with the World Series, so obviously you might be have some very minor conflicts there where on a day you play, you have to watch what tournaments you're entering as far as the series goes. 
later after that, they'll come back for the second part of the season. It start up in the uh, middle of August, about the 16th of August. So it's after. Uh, after the main you know, event. There's a month after in between the, the end 9 of is set. Yeah, there's a month in between where there's kind of an off time where the summer World Series live in Vegas ends and then the Global Poker League kicks back in in August and they'll play through the September 22nd. That will be the regular season. 15 weeks of play total for the regular season which will limit the which will uh pare down the 12 teams to 8. 8 teams will go to the playoffs which will be contested. They don't have dates yet for the final 8, but that will be sometime in the fall. And then the final four teams will play November 22nd and 23rd. It will be the GPL finale, live from London at the SSE Arena in Wembley. The SS Arena Wembley uh, in London. And they will crown the first Global Poker League champion. So that's what it looks like. We didn't even have this schedule until like last Thursday. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, when I did the show, I didn't have it. So uh, basically, they got underway yesterday. And uh, it was pretty interesting, uh, the play yesterday. Uh, there were some uh, interesting uh, things going on. And uh, obviously, it's not something that uh, uh, you know you could put too much judgment into. But uh, basically, the first match... Uh, for the Americas was won by Jason Wheeler, and the second match was won by Mike McDonald of the Montreal Nationals. Uh, he defeated Anthony Zinno in uh, head-to-head play as that went went down from six to two. Uh, basically, uh, the first player out was Tony Gregg. He, in fact, I believe was eliminated in the first one in both matches. Wow! <laughs> and also. Uh, Byron Caverman was the next out, then Fedor Holtz of the Sunset, and Jason Wheeler finished in third. That was the second match. Jason Wheeler did win that third match. Zinno was second, Caverman Coverman third, uh, Mike McDonald fourth, then McDonald came back and won the second one. So basically the Americas, uh, I don't know, we care more about the Americas than the Eurasian teams? I think, <laughs> I think as we move along, I think we will. But the Rounders and the Las Vegas Moneymakers ended up with ten points each. Montreal is next with nine. Sao Paulo picked up four points, L.A. three, and the rush shut out. Uh, Tony Gregg getting eliminated as the first player in both matches. In the first day, the Berlin Bears, Daniel Jungleman Cates, who was a wild card for their team, was selected to play both matches, and he, too, was eliminated first, first in both old. matches. <laughs> uh, he got coolered with ace-king against aces in the first one and then came back and uh, somehow shoved uh, all in with Jack 8 offsuit against Ace 5 and end up losing, getting knocked out first there. But the Paris Aviators, uh, headed by uh, Davidi Katai, who won one of the matches, are the leaders in the Eurasia division with 10. Hong Kong has 9. They were represented by uh, Wei Ji Zhang. And they also uh, used Raiden Khan. So that was one of the teams who used different players for the two matches. Uh, London was represented by uh, Igor Kurganov, he picked up six points. Rome was uh, Walter Trekarici, uh, they picked up uh, six points as well, and Moscow picked up five. So anyway, uh, just a bunch of numbers here, basically. But uh, this, the bottom line is, Paris is the first day leader, and the Rounders and Vegas tied with ten points apiece in the second round. So today started the heads-up matches, and what happens in that one? 
is uh, you just have each team will pick one player, and over the course of two days they'll meet up uh, in a head-to-head match, and they're and they play three matches. It's not best of three because you can actually win all three matches. Uh, each one is worth three points. So uh, that happened today in the first match. Uh, Randy Liu, uh, who's an American player who is playing for the uh, Hong Kong Stars, and they uh, he picked he won all three matches today. Uh, so he picked up the nine. Points. So he picked up nine against Sergey Lebedev. Uh, the second match, uh, or the third match, I should say, is going on right now. Timothy Adams is playing Justin Bonomo, and then there was a split in the middle match uh, today. Um, and we'll give you some who those players are in a minute. Uh, tomorrow, the American America's teams will go at it. Uh, Olivier Bousquet of the uh, L.A. Sunset will take on uh, Darren Elias of Sao Paulo. Uh, Martin Jacobson, representing Montreal, will play uh, Anton Wig of San Francisco. And Tom Marchese of the New York Rounders will play Anthony Zinno of Las Vegas. So interesting there that uh, Zinno is the only representative from Las Vegas who sees action here in the opening week. Uh, I guess maybe they're conflicting schedules. Yeah, he may have some stuff coming up and wanted to uh, take care of his action in the very beginning. Anyway, that's kind of the way it goes. Uh, Starting stacks in the 6-max are 25,000 chips. There is a game clock, 13 minutes allowed per player in... uh, in uh, decision making, decision making, and uh, it's pretty crazy. If you get to zero seconds on your game clock, you're put in the hot seat mode, and you will have two seconds to make each of their actions. So basically, like you'll that. have to immediately make the play if you've used up your time. So that puts the pressure not to just squander this time as you move along. There's a reason to keep it in in the bank. Uh, there'll be an automatic fold or pass on their action if that two seconds elapses. So that's kind of cool, I think, too. I like that. I mean, first of all, you're online, so it's it's brutal to watch when you're watching them live and you're looking at a human being taking forever. It's, you're not going to keep anybody watching it if, it, if right. they're doing that on, now here's online. Now, the, here's the catch as far as that goes. If a player gets knocked out of the six-max play, uh, if they have time left on their time clock, it will be redistributed evenly to the remaining players. So you kind of get a reprieve there. If you took a lot of time in the beginning, you knock somebody out, you're still in the game, you may get a little added time. So okay. uh, that's the uh, kind of interesting thing. Uh, as far as the heads-up go, uh, there is a game clock 18 minutes per player. Uh, again, the hot seat mode with a two-second, and they start with 50,000 chips going back and forth. Uh, we gave you the point structure, 753210 for the six-max. And three points per game won and zero for a loss for a possible nine points on the line in the heads-up matches. So uh, that's the interesting thing. There is a slight home field advantage each week. Uh, The five away teams uh, have to submit their players blind. And the home team gets to wait and see them and then decide who they want to play who for them. Who they want to match up with. Yeah. Similar to having home, Similar. Ice, home ice and exactly. hockey. How will you get to choose what line goes out there? Or a Ryder Cup or there something you like go. that. Anyway, uh, there will be uh, scheduled matches each week, and uh, we'll follow it each week. But in the early going here... Uh, uh, you know, I, I, you can't put too much stock in the first day, but it, it seemed to work out pretty well. And uh, you know, as far as watching the games themselves, not tremendously exciting uh, if you don't if you're not used to watching online games and that sort of thing. But you still have your teams well, to cheer for and the players that you like. Most people have played online, so you know you're, you're you're looking at it that way. And 
I don't know about you, Big Dave, but I know that sometimes in the big tournaments I've sat there watching some of the players play just to, just to get an idea of how they're playing big stacks at the end of a big tournament, million-dollar Sundays, and, and actually once watching a very good friend of mine that you worked with, also George Lopez, who went very deep on uh, party poker, uh, party poker or poker stars, uh, their Sunday tournament where he wound up coming in third out of 18,000 people. So it was exciting to watch that final table. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's give you some of the uh, players on the teams in case you missed the draft or you haven't been following it. Uh, you want to hear if some of your favorites are out there. Uh, the Rome Emperors uh, with Max Pescatori. And he did name himself, by by the way, seven of the managers outside of the uh, three teams that had still left to decide who their wild cards were going to be. But seven out of the nine that named their, their wild cards named themselves as, as a player. A there were two players who did not, uh, Philippe Grusome and, and one other, uh, did not pick themselves. But uh, most of them did. Uh, Max Pescatori is the Rome captain. His team is made up of Mustafa Kinit. Dario San Martino, Timothy Adams, and Walter Trecarici. Uh, Montreal is Marc Andre La Dessour, the captain, with Mike Timex McDonald, Martin Jacobson, the former WSOP champ, Pascal LeFrancois, and Juan Liu. Uh, the Rounders, Bryn Kenny, selected uh, Jason Mercier, Tom Marchese, Kevin McPhee, and Jason Wheeler. Faraz Jaka is the captain of the San Francisco team. He has Phil Galfond, Anthony Gregg, Kitty Quo, and Antoine Wigg. Anton Wig, uh, the Las Vegas Moneymakers, with Chris Moneymaker as the captain, selected himself as well. Uh, Anthony Zeno, Jonathan Duhamel, Jake Cody, Jonathan Little. Uh, Sao Paulo is Andre Akari, the captain. He did not choose himself. Uh, Darren Elias is, was his first-round pick, followed by Byron Caverman, uh, Tiago Nishijima, and João Perez Simao. Uh, both those last two players are from Brazil. Uh, London's Librorie took her boyfriend, Igor Kurganov. He also has Vanessa Selps, Chris Mormon, Justin Bonomo. Uh, Moscow is uh, Anatoly Filatov. He has D- Dmitry Urbanovich, uh, Vladimir Tryanovsky, Andrei Patichuk, and Sergei Lebedev. The LA Sunset, captained by Maria Ho, has Fedor Holtz, Olivia Vusque, Eugene Kachilov, and Chance Corneth. Berlin Bears, uh, coached by Philippe Grissom, has Brian Rass, Sorel Mizzi, Dominic Nietzsche, and Jeff Gross. The Paris Aviators with Fabrice Soulier. Uh, Elke Grosspellier is his number one pick. Davidi Katai, who was uh, got him off to a great start. George Danzer and Mike Leah round out the Paris team. And Hong Kong, managed by Selena Lin, Wei Yi Zhang, Raiden Khan, Dong Guo, and Brian Huang uh, on that team. Uh, there also was some added players uh, in the wild cards, just to give you a note of who some of those were, uh, Scott Ball was selected by the uh, Las Vegas team. San Francisco took Jonathan Jaffe, uh, and also uh, Faraz Jaka selected himself. Sam Trickett was picked for the London Royals. Igor Yaroshevsky for the Moscow Wolverines. Alexander Luno of Paris, and Todd Brunson for the Rome Emperors. Uh, so basically, uh, the teams are all filled out except for, I believe, three now. Uh, uh, actually, uh, Bill Perkins and Daniel Cates were added to the Berlin Bears very late, and L.A. still has yet to pick their other two. I know that the Hong Kong, Hong Kong team uh, has selected their two players, so 
Uh, we'll give those to you in a bit. Anyway, it's underway. Uh, I enjoyed it, uh, you know, and it kind of gives you a very interesting view. I don't know how much uh, viewing online action is going to be exciting to people, and that could be the drawback in the early going. But when we get, it's kind of a preview to get them to the summer with live games, and I think once we're able to see some live action, when, when the cube comes around, uh, there'll be some very interesting things that will make it uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, I think if they tweak this the right way, it'll be interesting by the time they get to the summer matches and the playoffs and hopefully the finals in November. Yeah. Well, a lot of information to digest. Uh, certainly it's all online at the website globalpokerleague.com or gpl.tv. Uh, you can pick up the stuff on Switch, on Twitch, I should say, and uh, you know, right on the site, the Twitch shows up on the front page of the globalpokerleague.com. So, uh, again, uh, it's a lot of stuff to check out and it will be a weekly thing. Uh, you look at some of these players that uh, have not seen action yet and may not for several weeks, uh, Vanessa Selbst and, uh, you know, Jason and people like that. Uh, who knows when they're going to get into the action, but uh, it will be interesting just to kind of see who's going up against who. And if you don't actually watch the matches, you can uh, get a lot of uh, information. The USA Today is actually covering a lot of this, so you can go to their site and pick up uh, wrap-ups of the first day's action. Uh, it's certainly going to be uh, something different, something interesting, and uh, gives us something to talk about. Yep. It should be exciting. <laughs> should be exciting. Hopefully, the, hopefully they, 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 they get this all correct. Yeah. Okay, let's take our first break in the show. Uh, stick around. We'll have several things to talk about. We'll keep you updated on what's coming over the next few weeks. Obviously, the uh, Seminole Hard Rock Series is underway. Uh, I think they're already in Event 7. Uh, the first one uh, went five days, and uh, we'll give you some of the results of that as well. So uh, we'll update you on some of the action, and uh, stick around uh, and listen to the show. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez. Uh, and first, let's tell you about Gulfstream Park, because we've been previewing uh, Pegasus, and that opened on Finally Friday opened. night. There we go. There we uh, go. They had a big party for the horse people, the jockeys and the trainers and the owners, and and uh, it, it was on uh, Friday night, so uh, that is officially open. We'll get more information on what's going to happen there. It's basically kind of a uh, a tribute to himself uh, by Frank <laughs> Stronic, you know, uh, who owns uh, the racetrack over there. But it is fun, and it brings attention to the sport of kings. And it's something beautiful. I think uh, when you have millions and billions of dollars, whatever's in the bank account for Mr. Stronic, you can do with it what you want. And uh, if you want to make a tribute to your own sport and create something lasting and exciting, uh, certainly uh, give him all the credit in the world. That's like they say. It's his party, and he'll build what he wants to. <laughs> but there's a lot of fountains and light shows going on over there. Uh, we're not exactly sure all the events that are going to happen over there, but obviously some sort of party room, and uh, uh, there'll be some festivities from time to time and we'll keep you up to date on some of the things that are happening over there it's it's going to be open to the public and and uh at certain times of the day i guess you can go in and it's kind of a museum type as well with some things from racing and and people can have fun and learn something about the sport listen i've seen it from a few blocks away i know how big it is i can't wait to stand <laughs> next to it to, to be amazed and awed but uh once you get in and pass pegasus and uh take a few selfies in front of it uh you head into the to the casino or the horse racing or the poker room which is where we like to go uh, in fact, I might head over there tonight, maybe play some action. Uh, tournaments in April are all at 7 o'clock, one night a week. Uh, Texas Hold'em every day, except tonight on Wednesday, there's a PLL tournament uh, with a $50 buy-in. The buy-ins range from 50 to 110 The big one is on Thursday. 
Uh, different guarantees, rebuys, and that sort of thing. Starting units are all different every day. But the interesting thing for me is that uh, Wednesday nights, they now have added a high hand to the tournament for PLO. And uh, through the rebuy period, it pays $350. So uh, if you get into that and uh, you get a high hand, then certainly uh, you would figure it to be uh, you know, a Royal Flush or something uh, like, along those yeah, lines. Yeah, it's in a PLO, yeah. So anyway, we'll check it out uh, this evening. We'll give you a report on it in the future. But the nightly tournaments take place. Uh, the poker room is located at the first floor casino in the back side of it. Uh, if you're heading into the breezeway and walking in, head to the right and all the way back uh, to the poker room and check it out. Uh, say hello to uh, Scott Poole, who runs the room, a good friend of ours for many years, and they've been a sponsor of the program here for quite some time. But it's located at uh, 901 South Federal Highway. It's in Hallandale Beach. And if you want any questions about uh, operating hours or tournaments or what games they're spread, how many tables are in use, 954-457-6336 is the phone number. 954-457-6336. It's Gulfstream Park. Welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Can you tell if the leftovers from this dinner party are beginning to grow bacteria that could lead to severe diarrhea, vomiting, and stomach cramps? Listen. You can't see it either. Get leftovers into the refrigerator as soon as possible. Spoiled leftovers can make you very sick or worse. Roughly 3,000 Americans will die from food poisoning this year, but you can keep your family safer. Check your steps at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the program, Big Dave and Joe. Long first segment there. Sorry about that. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I hope my enthusiasm comes through. I'm excited about this thing, and I want it to succeed. 
you know, obviously there's going to be mistakes made along the way, and people will have to make their own decisions on what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I did want to mention, by the way, uh, I'm not playing this year, but I uh, the great tournament is uh, been very great is the tournament up at the Daytona Beach Kennel Club every year, and it's uh, certainly a lot of fun, uh, run by Scott uh, Frank and uh, Rabbi David Kane. A very nice tournament up at uh, up at the Daytona Beach. Oh, it's, it's the, more uh, than just a nice tournament. It, it's getting big time press. Yeah, uh, it's the they sell out. Three four weeks prior to to them having that tournament out there with the early buy-ins and and, and everything else and the great door prizes. Uh, I got a friend who lives up in that general area, Dave, and you know he looks forward to that every single year. Yeah, it's fun, and uh, they they do uh, advertise uh, extensively because it's been a great term. It's called the Howard Frank Memorial. Deep Stack Charity Classic. It's at Daytona Beach Kennel Club. And this year, it's Sunday, May 22nd, 1 p.m. start. Uh, had a lot of fun there last year. Uh, great people up there. Of course, Phil Helmuth is kind of like the master of ceremonies. And uh, Linda Johnson, Jan Fisher, uh, who will both be back again this year. And uh, Kara Scott was there last year. Norman Chad comes every year and, and really adds a lot of so fun Phil stuff. Phil Helmuth there last year Phil also? will be back, yes. Phil uh, was there last year and will be back once again. Uh, last year they had Jen Harmon there. This year, uh, kind of their uh, uh, legendary player is going to be Dennis Phillips. Is going to be around, and uh, I'm sure he'll be doing his radio show, show from there. But there's so much involved in this tournament; it's really incredible. They send the entire final table out to Las Vegas, uh, including their guests, uh, with a buy-in to a $5,000 buy-in tournament. Uh, there's just great stuff. Um, there's just hundreds of thousands in prizes, uh, door prizes. Uh, they have huge prize for the first Royal Flush, uh, which is a uh, uh, Rolex watch from Seabreeze Jewelry. Didn't, they, didn't that hit like in the first two hands last I year? I think it hit very early. Uh, they're also adding this year a Super Royal Flush grand prize. Uh, the first Royal Flush that occurs in the flop wins 15000 So a uh, nice prize package, unless it's a Diamond Royal Flush. And then you win a $100,000 prize package, including a 2016 uh, Chevrolet Corvette valued at 69000 from John Hall Chevrolet, yeah, which mean, is filled look, with... Tra- they're, they're even telling you in their advertisement, Dave, they're almost sold out already, yeah. and, we're, and we're, you know, we're more than a month well, out from that tournament. That, that's not exactly true. Uh, the t- the uh, people who played last year have first shot the tickets until April... F- had a- tickets uh, uh, up till April 4th, and now it's open to the public. But it does sell out quickly. And we invite you to give them a call and get in on it. Uh, by the way, the Corvette trunk is full of cash. <laughs> so that adds up to a lot with a $100,000 package. Did anyway, I say, Did I say they had great door prices? <laughs> Let me change that to outstanding door prices. First place is actually worth $11,000, over $11,000 with the uh, buy-in. That's almost, that's almost like a, a downer after hearing all these door prices. <laughs> But uh, it's great. They have a lot of sponsors. Uh, Carabas uh, provides the uh, lunch or the dinner. Uh, they also have a, a gourmet deli that uh, provides the lunch. And uh, great stuff. Uh, it's $255 to get in. Uh, alternates, once they fill up the field, will be 275 once the seats sell out. Uh, you can go to their website, deepstackcharityclassic.com, or give them a phone call at 386-316-3138. That's 386 386- Three one six three one three eight, and uh, it's a great tournament. Helmuth, uh, Norman Chad, Dennis Phillips, great stuff. Last year I brought in my uh, 
autographed can of uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon beer that uh, Norman signed for me. So That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> it's a big Pabst Blue Ribbon. It's a great ribbon. tournament. Check it out. Uh, you can go to their website again, deepstackcharityclassic.com. Check it out. Uh, but I would not wait. Uh, I would do that immediately and get involved. It's in Daytona, uh, which is a great town to hang out in. Had a lot of fun there last year, and I'm sure it'll be great once again. Uh, let's get back to uh, some of the other things that are happening here in the, in the world of poker. Um, the uh, Seminole Hard Rock uh, Showdown, the main event starts on April 15th. Now, the big change this year, Joe, is last year they had uh, a couple of days that you could enter and you could re-enter on the second day and that sort of thing. Uh, there will be re-entries, unlimited re-entries, but there's only one opening day and one opening session. So you got to get involved on the 15th and get in there. Uh, they will be playing three or four days, obviously, uh, down to a final table. And it will be streamed live, and there will be a lot of action. But uh, it's a great tournament, and uh, I invite people to get involved. $3,500 buy-in, by the way. Yeah, let me tell you, that's going to be interesting. I'm curious to see how their numbers are going to stack up with only one day like that, even though there's unlimited re-entries. You know, you get eliminated halfway through the tournament. Do you want to put in the money? You know, it's... uh I have a feeling it's going to have an effect on on the bottom line number of the tournament. Yeah, I I, I think they definitely will be uh, involved in that uh, for sure. Uh, but you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, they're trying something Try different something a year different and see and what happens. Uh, uh, for people that are all worried about coming down to Florida and then getting uh, bounced out on day one, and there's plenty of other stuff to do. There's a ten thousand dollar buy-in event. Uh, there's a twenty-five k. So uh, these top name pros that come down, there'll be some interesting stuff to play yeah. and. And, I'm, I'm uh, sure they've done this coverage. to see if, if the numbers change in their other tournaments and, you know, they make that up that way. No question about it. Uh, certainly uh, we'll be following that all along and talking to some of the players. But they are underway out there at uh, the Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood. The winner of the first uh, tournament was uh, Vitor Coelho, who is from uh, the Tampa area, Wesley Chapel. He was... Uh, uh, the winner at a pretty solid final table, uh, James Salmon from Plantation finished second. John Bornstein from Teaneck, New Jersey, was third. That's and a good friend of ours, uh, Lou Stadler, has been on the program. Lou uh, runs the Miami Poker Society, which is a free league down in Dade County. He finished in fifth place, wow. won 42000 The interesting part there was that you mentioned Teaneck, New Jersey. Cause Why I grew, is that? I grew up in that town oh, really? <laughs> as a young boy. That's your hometown? <laughs> you know right. John Bourne? I was there I was there since I was five years old until we moved out of there. <laughs> so that was, uh, wow, I can't believe you mentioned Teaneck, New Jersey. But they've already had several events. Uh, they had a, uh, a uh, horse tournament thus far. Um, we'll be following some of those different results on the schedule. And uh, the next big tournament to come up is going to be uh, this weekend. Uh, event number uh, nine, which is uh, has six opening days. It's a deep stack with a million guarantee and a 570 buy-in. So that's probably the next big tournament that a lot of people are pointing to. There will be uh, third two events on Thursday, six and eleven, or uh, eleven a.m. and six p.m. I should say, uh, Friday and Saturday. That's coming up this weekend. So uh, they'll move to day two then on Sunday and finish things up later in the week. Uh, there's several other bounty events. There's a freeze-out tournament. Uh, the first exciting uh, charity event involved with the tournament is Jason Taylor's uh, event benefiting the WPT Foundation. Uh, that is Wednesday, April the 13th. $300 buy-in. It'll be at 7 p.m. 
and there'll be a lot of big-name stars. I'll be over for that one just to check it out. I don't think, believe I'll be playing, but uh, I will check it out, and there'll be a lot of big-name players involved in that one, getting here a couple days early in advance of the uh, Showdown Championship, which, uh, as I mentioned, is just that one opening session starts at 12 noon, April 15th, buy-in $3,500, and the guarantee for the event, $2 million. Day two on Saturday, day three on Sunday, and I'll finish things up uh, hopefully on Wednesday the uh, uh, later in the week for the final table. So uh, they'll play that throughout the tournament. And then uh, later in the week they'll have uh, some of the other big tournaments, including the big high roller event, which is a $25,500 buy-in on the 19th. Uh, the 17th earlier, I guess, is another uh, big event, the $10,000 buy-in tournament with no re-entries. That, too, is a $2 million guarantee. And then uh, following toward the end of the tournament, the uh, Tournament of Champions, a pretty interesting event. Uh, first time uh, that they've gone to this format uh, in years past at the Borgata. They had the uh, season-ending event and uh, was pretty much open to everybody. So this is really a true Tournament of Champions. I don't know what you think about it, Joe, but uh, people are finding it pretty interesting that uh, – uh, in this day of poker, it's actually uh, limiting their field. There's only 227 players, players who have won a WPT main event championship that can get into this thing, uh, and it's uh, a buy-in of $15,000. Wow. Uh, some Is there people, a guarantee? Uh, no guarantee for this one. All right. Well. And, and there's a lot of talk. You know, it's over the years, it's changed. You go back to 2007, they had 639 players in the season-ending event. Uh, after the uh, UIGEA really kicked in, uh, it kind of went down and down and down. In 2013, there was only 146 players. Uh, so then they moved to New Jersey the next year. Uh, earlier it was in, uh, I guess it was in Vegas the early years. Uh, then they went to New Jersey. They had 328 in 2014. Last year, only 239. So it's again on the slide. So they're trying some new things down here. There's only a maximum of 227 players that if, if, every, if everyone wanted to play that could play. And we're assuming but we're not going to find everyone that. Everyone is still with us out of those uh, I think they would be happy with 100, but it's a 15,000 buy-in. There'll be some big-name players here for the other events. So uh, they still should have a decent field. I, I don't know. It's just com- completely different. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that they probably spoke with a bunch of the uh, previous champions and maybe you've gotten some sort of oral commitments from them that they're going to show up for this. Uh, You know, it is taking quite a chance. When you're limiting the amount of entrance to 227 as a max, you know, if you were to, I mean, if you were to get 50% of those people, you're looking at 113, 114 players playing. uh, That would generate a nice prize pool at 15,000, Big Dave. Yeah, uh, no question. You know, that's getting 50% of them to join you at 15,000. That's might be a little bit wishful thinking. Well, one of the interesting things, uh, the, actually the WPT will add in 200,000 in cash and prizes for the eventual champion, uh, including 100,000 in straight cash and several unique prizes. So uh, this is a very interesting thing. They're also going to have a, a shot clock in this one, a uh, 30-second shot clock to make a decision. Uh, not a collective one like there is in the GPL, but each each hand each uh, play could take no longer than 30 seconds. So which we'll see is fine, happens. you know, because that's more or less what you're used to. A little less than a little less than that online when for for people who play this, but 30 seconds is fine. Uh, I think most poker players can live with a 30 second 
per per decision or I like what the what what the GPL has done uh you know where as far as what was it 14 minutes uh for 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 the life of the tournament that they're playing yeah, in something like that, that you've got that was. so you know either one is fine anything that speeds up the game and you don't have you know those tedious decisions that they've got to make i mean it's it's just you know some of these guys do this on every play, Dave, and it's just in my opinion killing the live game. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be shot for TV, obviously uh, for the WPT uh, season ender, and uh, it will be shown later in the year. Uh, that always draws a certain type of player. Um, they are not going to uh, uh, run the. Uh, television show for the uh, showdown this year because they had to choose between one and the other. They decided their tournament champions would be the one that they would uh, televise. Um, you know, it's going to be a, a for all former champions, so it's going to be a tough field. No question about that. Uh, some people look for the softer fields and, and this may not is what over the course of what 10 11 years now uh, that they've had I think 13 13 years, years excuse me. So you know, it is going to make for some interesting uh, play especially if they can get like I said, 50% or more of the field to come to, to join. The other problem is uh, the EPT Grand Final, uh, which is a festival in uh, Monte Carlo, uh, takes place. So uh, a lot of people will be heading to Monaco for that uh, instead of uh, sticking around for maybe this uh, last tournament here. So uh, certainly there is a uh, uh, heavy competition around the world for this event. We'll see what happens. But... Uh, you know, when players are in town to play the other one, uh, I would think that, uh, you know, there's a good chance if you don't want to travel halfway around the world <laughs> yeah. that, that uh, you may play in this one as well. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Uh, certainly look forward to that. Anyway, that all starts uh, uh, with the main event uh, on the 15th, charity event on the 13th. But we are underway as we do the show here on April 6th. And uh, we'll follow some of the results as we move along here. Anyway, having fun with that. And uh, I've been over there a couple times already. And certainly we'll be back for more of that, more of that action and uh, looking forward to it. Anyway, let's take our last break on the show. Uh, again, tell you, telling you about Gulfstream Park. They have a big tournament on Sunday night now that they just added for the month of uh, April. Uh, started in March, actually. Sunday night's 15,000 starting units, $100 buy-in, 2,000 guarantee, 10-minute blinds, and a 7 o'clock start time. It's uh, their Sunday night deep stack turbo guaranteed tournament. And uh, it's proven to be very popular during the month of March, and they're continuing it now in April. It's at Gulfstream Park, the poker room, and as I mentioned earlier, it's located in the first floor casino, the backside of that one. And uh, if you don't know where Gulfstream Park is, if you're going to be in town for the tournament and you may want to check that out, uh, certainly for uh, some of the other action, Gulfstream is located in Hallandale Beach, which is uh, not far from the Seminole Hard Rock. It's located in the south part of Broward County. And very easy to get to from Miami. If you're flying into Miami or Palm Beach or uh, or Fort Lauderdale, any of the airports, it's uh, it's a very easy drive. Located east of I-95, west of the beaches, and located on the corner of Federal Highway and Hallandale Beach Boulevard. Very easy to get to. A beautiful location. Of course, the horse racing going on now. And uh, they did finish up with a Florida Derby last week. Uh, Nyquist, uh, champion in that one. But uh, certainly a lot of fun there uh, last weekend as well. And they're cranking up here for another uh, great summer of racing, which will continue on Wednesdays through Saturdays. It's Gulfstream Park, located once again, 901 South Federal Highway in Hallandale Beach. 
Just check out uh, Pegasus. If you get anywhere close to the aerial, you'll know where it is. Gulfstream Park. Tell them Big Dave and Joe sent you over. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. It ain't just wide open. It's W-F-O. Hey, this is Jeff uh, Rice, uh, Stephen Hawk from up by Savannah, Georgia. I just wanted to let you guys know that WFO rules. Joe, this is Jay Bird, truck driver from Big Bear, California. W-F-O rocks. Oh, don't forget, W-F-O. O rules the airwaves. WFO! Back on the show, final segment, Big Dave and Joe. And, uh, time-consuming with the uh, Global Poker League, but, uh, again, I just uh, I, I want this thing to work, and I hope it turns out good. What can I say? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Uh, I wonder if they're getting numbers back on, on how many people... Uh you know, viewed the the, the first day. Uh, I'm not sure if, if they can tell exactly. Is that something exactly? that they can uh, tell? I don't know. I would say maybe at some point they could probably get some of that uh, information, but uh, I'm not so sure. Uh, you said it was on Twitch where they did that, where you could watch it? Twitch is where you go. is the best place to see it. I guess there's some other I'm places sure they around can the track, world. I'm sure they can track uh, how many people logged in, actually, and for how long and stuff like that. To see if uh, people were actually tuning in from beginning to end on this, how many at the end when the, when it got down to heads up, uh, these are numbers that I'm sure they're going to try to look at to, as far as going forward. Was there advertising on on those on those on that Twitch I, I there as they so. were watching that? Yeah, I'm not sure. So, not sure about that. Anyway, uh, 
some of the top stacks in uh, event number five, which is uh, finishing up over at the Seminole Hard Rock Showdown. It's a 150 buy-in. Uh, uh, 72 players left out of over 1,800 entered there. Uh, Ty Ekbosley is uh, apparently the chip leader right now. Zoe Kareem, who... Uh, uh, very interesting. I follow him on Twitter. He's from Orlando, but uh, plays in a lot of tournaments down here. Uh, had some uh, very interesting comments about the uh, the time change out in Vegas that we talked about last week. Joe McKeon was unhappy. A lot of people didn't think it was a very big deal, but so Kareem was uh, siding with McKeon on some of the time changes. Uh, but some of the other players still alive. Uh, Joe Ebanks, uh, Jordan Meltzer, Mike Beasley still with all pretty good chip stacks there uh, in that event number five, the 150 buy-in event, which is uh, one of the smaller ones. Uh, uh, Kareem just uh, chipped up by cracking pocket aces. He had ace-queen, and uh, flop was uh, jack-10-nine, and then uh, jack on a turn and a king on the river to give Zoe Kareem uh, up his chip stack to 655,000 chips. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bitch when you get those aces cracked like that, huh? <laughs> Especially when your opponent has ace-queen, the way yeah, you got exactly. them com- really Completely dominated. dominated. Absolutely. Uh, the one thing I wanted to finish off the show with is a little discussion about an uh, upcoming movie called Molly's Game. Uh, Molly Bloom was a uh, socialite uh, in the New York area that had a big home game with a lot of stars played, supposedly... Uh, uh, ben Affleck, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tobey Maguire, some of the big actor names. I, I actually, I guess it was in Los Angeles. I take it back, not uh, not New not York, L. but I uh, mean New York, but in the Los Angeles area. And uh, they are now making a movie about it. She wrote a book, uh, and it came out a couple of years ago. And now Ad- Aaron Sorkin is uh, putting together the uh, the movie. He is a screenwriter and director. Uh, his does a lot of TV programs. He did the West Wing, uh, the newsroom uh, television program. And uh, so we'll keep an eye on that when that movie comes out. Uh, the one thing that, that was interesting about the story was uh, he, she didn't name a lot of names in the book. And uh, she probably, probably cost her uh, some of the... Uh, uh, advances that she could have had if she had been like a tell-all gossip type book, and he's going to follow the same thing. He's not, he's going to change names of people. He's not going to identify people that were in the games. But there was a big stories about it. Okay, it was one now. of the biggest uh, poker games in the early uh, I'll, I'll, after the year 2000. Okay, for someone like myself who's dealt in a lot of poker game, private games, played in a lot of private games many years ago. The only thing that makes anything like this interesting to a poker player I, is is well, the names that are involved in it, Dave. And and, and if they're not going to name names, to be honest with you, think about it. How many poker movies outside of Rounders? There really hasn't been anything, you know, seriously about poker. The the only other two poker movies, poker themed movies that I've enjoyed. You know, I thought I'd enjoy the Stu Unger movie, think going into his thing, and you know, that wasn't very good. Even though uh, the the actor Michael uh, uh, Moriarty, uh, no, for not Tilt, Mar- no, the guy know? from the guy who was on the Sopranos, who played his nephew, played Stu oh Unger. Imperioli, yeah. Imperioli Michael played. Imperioli, yeah. You know, none of these movies have taken off because. Uh, unlike Rounders, where you had Matt Damon and uh, Edward Norton in there, and uh, this, this scuzzy character, and, and hitting all the other things, 
there was a reason why that movie, you know, took off as a poker movie because of the different interest stories in it and and the excitement of it and everything else with the timing with that movie and it was such so well done and like you said this is a very interesting thing but no names are being named here so you really don't know what big movie stars were playing in this game yeah you know uh it is kind of you want names damn it well listen (laughs) <laughs> a poker movie in itself, you know, it's not very interesting. I mean, you know, uh, at least from my point of view, you know, unless unless there's some compelling story behind it, something funny about it, it, it just doesn't really excite me. Yeah. It doesn't really excite me, and I don't know if it excites the general poker player. Well, I may bottom, be wrong, bottom line, I hope bo- I am for their sake. Bottom line is if it's well done and entertaining, and just for me, uh, hearing Aaron Sorkin involved uh, is a good thing. You know, that's the, Now, if you're telling me stories, like, listen, you know, I, I well, can't, they're gonna use I can't, a lot of stories I can't get into details, but some of the stories that I saw in games that I dealt in as a dealer in private games and some that I played in and stuff that I know that had gone, you know, now that would make it interesting. You understand? Right. That would well, make it they interesting. They are going to do that. Go they're going to some of the. They're going to use real stories. They're just not going to name the names of some of those people. Yeah, but what makes something like that interesting is, especially if Somewhat. you're putting it out there, is that these were famous actors. Well, I want to know what famous actors. Yeah. You know, because because that's the hook you're dangling. You know, that's the bait you're dangling. But yet, I can't tell you who those actors are. You know, to protect their privacy. It, it kind of takes a little bit away from it, at least from my point of view. Okay. Well, we'll see how it works out. Uh, so far, uh, there's not a studio involved, but I, uh, there's a lot of predictions that Sony will be involved in distributing the film. Uh, Jessica Chastain, who was in uh, uh, Z- Z- Zero Dark, uh, what was it? Zero Dark, Zero Dark Thirty. Thir- uh, tw- was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even. Remember. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the name of that? Also, she was in a couple other big films. Uh, the the uh, the film about the the guys who defuse bombs in the service. We're, no, we're really on top of our movie <laughs> trivia here. Uh, we're not going to be winning any contests here. Anyway, it would have been nice to kind of look those up ahead of time. But uh, uh, she's a great actress, and if, if she plays uh, Molly Bloom, then uh, it would be very interesting as well. So we'll check that out. But uh, just certainly want to mention that. And big stories are going around now as that is in production now, uh, putting this together supposedly uh, out in Los Angeles. Uh, so we'll check it out. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for tonight's show. Uh, we'll have some more interesting uh, interviews with players and that sort of thing, get back more to the regular format of the show over the next couple of weeks because we'll be running into them out at the Seminole Hard Rock uh, during the month of April, and we'll uh, bring you some taped interviews from there. Also, see what who we can line up for future live interviews, uh, either by telephone or in the studio. So that's going to do it for tonight's program. Uh, Gio, thank you for all your help on, uh, on the technical end of things. Joe, again, thank you for your contributions to the show. And uh, why don't you get on Twitch once in a while and uh, check out a couple of these matches? I so will. I, can... I will. So that way I, I, I can make comments on them there. Let's, let us let me find out when they're playing again. It's going to be Tuesdays through Thursdays. Tuesdays through Thursdays say. over the next eight weeks. At what time? 12 noon? Well, it starts at noon. Different noon matches Eastern throughout time? the day. Yeah. Go to GPL.com, uh, GlobalPokerLeague.com, and I'll have the full schedule there. You can uh, get on there and check it out and give us your opinion. I will do that for next week. Okay, we'll catch you next week on another edition of program. Thanks for being with us, and good luck at the tables. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 